Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast. Yes, hello. Episode 19. Yeah, wow. Big moves, yeah. Making Welcome moves. back, or if you decided to listen to this episode for the first time. What up? Welcome. Hello. To the new people. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed uh, it. <laughs> um, so, I'm Andrea. Yeah, I'm Tom. This is a podcast where we tell each other different stories. Sometimes uh, I tell a little, little conspiracy vibes, you know. Sometimes it's ghost stories. I mainly stick to true crime. Yeah. Um. If about you some weird shit. Listen know. to the last two of mine. They've been pretty heavy, which I don't mean to do, but seems to be a theme of mine. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we talk about all kinds of weird, fun, creepy, creepy stuff. Yeah. And we're married. And I don't know what Tom's going to talk about. And he doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. Right. So we kind of split up in the house and do our research and then come together and tell yes. each other stories. It's a very sneaky operation. That was like house. totally like if you're a newbie. If you're not, you've got it down pat at this point. You've heard us probably say that about 19 times. Yeah. That's pretty commonplace for a podcast whoop, to whoop. do though. Yeah. Yeah. 19 times. Whoop, That's whoop. awesome. Yeah. We're thinking for 20, we're going to do something fun and yeah. special. Think and collaborative. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Ah. To get ready for the collaborative episode we're doing at our live show. Yes. Ping, ping, ping. Meh, meh. Yeah. So if you're local or you're not and you want to come out to Kentucky on April the 6th, which is two days after my birthday, two days before Tom's birthday, yes. so come celebrate our birthdays with us, we are opening for Hillbilly Horror Stories. Yep. As well as Brohio Podcast. And yes. and a guy who's a demonologist, which is, that's going to be, that's going to be something. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Exorcisms. I don't really know what to expect with that guy. I don't know what's Yeah. Up. Could be cool. We're very, very, very excited. Yeah, we're, 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 we're super stoked for the opportunity. Especially, that's our dog, if you hear whining. That's the show just, features our fucking yes, animals fucking this podcast up. That's but no, we're it is. so extra thankful to Hillbilly Horror Stories for asking us to come open because yeah. we're so new. And they asked us, God, probably before we even had 10 episodes. I don't know. Yeah. Which is so awesome. Yeah, so, they're cool. Thank you guys. It. You're awesome. If you guys oh. haven't listened to them, go listen to them. Yeah. Boom. Um, so we are not drinking the same shit we always drink tonight. Yes, trying to stay away drinking? from the trying to stay away from the Franzia. He's made us a cocktail. I have actually. It's very pretty. I haven't tried it yet. One, yeah. He just brought it in. So this is relevant to what I'm gonna be talking about in a way. Oh. So I don't want to tell you the real name of what this cocktail right, is. Right, because I'm first. Right. So you can tell you, me the name always, of it. Baby. If you know what it is, that'll be like a uh It'll give you a clue to kind of what I'm, not what I'm talking about, but geographically what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, so can I just, it's in like a really cool, what is this called? What kind of glass is this called? Well, that that would be one of the dead ringers oh. to give it away, actually. Oh, it's a mule. It's a mule. Yeah. Oh. Dingus, yeah. I, was, I wasn't sure if you were going to know right off the gate. Yeah, so this is a Moscow Oh, mule. okay, that was going to be my guess. Yeah. So, that gives me nothing about what you're going to talk about right. now. Uh, so it's vodka. It's a pretty simple one. It's vodka, ginger beer. Uh, and lime juice. Whoa! So I put a I put half a fresh lime in this bad boy, uh, fair amount of ginger beer, and then uh, a good little gargle of some vodka. Is ginger beer alcoholic? No, ginger. That's a. It's not just like ginger ale, but just a little bit more ginger forward and less sweet. Oh, yeah. And this ginger beer, as a side, comes from Bermuda. Smells good. Do I yeah. squeeze that lime in, or does that just for I want garnish? You, that's like the salt and pepper of this cocktail. Like, if you need some extra pump, you know Oh, like, I see. You know what I'm saying? This it's is too just heavy you, on the vodka. Or on the ginger beer, you want a little bit more lime. Okay. There's a fair amount of vodka in there. You want a with it? Yeah, let's do it. On these mules? Oh. Oh, that was a Those nice, are lame. <laughs> that, was a, that was a nice little slushy cake. Those don't really... Here, wait. No. Nice. They, these I don't, don't know what that's even these trying don't, to do. I was trying to clinky. These don't clinky. Here, all right, let's just Oh, all right. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah. It tastes like a fresh soda. Yeah. That was, yep. Yeah, did it again? Is that heavy on the vodka? There's about two ounces of vodka in there. That's nothing. Have three of them tell me it's nothing. I'm kidding. I don't even drink heavy. I don't even drink uh, liquor. So that's uh, probably so much for mm-hmm. me. That's good. That will keep the palate nice and clean and uh, crispy. 
Yum. Ah. I'm excited to drink the rest of this. Yeah, that's good. And I like the ginger. It's very, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. really. You can also. The vodka. You can also take it to the next level and throw some, like, basil or mint in that bad boy. Okay. Kind of add a little level to it if you were so inclined. Fun. Um, are we going to post the recipe? For show. Which I don't think you posted the other right. one. Well, no one's gone to look. All right, we're going <laughs> to. We're going to start posting the for recipes sure. for keep sure. Keep posting. We, I have posted it Oh, in the keep posting. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Cheeky. She's very cheeky, this one. Mm. That is good. It's good, right? Yeah, that's way too easy to drink. It's dangerous. Like, yeah. holy cow. People go nuts. Holy m- mule. Holy muley. Mm. Yeah. Still put that one back in the writer's <laughs> room there. No, but I worked in the bars, man. People go fucking ape shit for a mule. I've never had woo one Woo girls go, y'all woo girls go ape shit <laughs> for a mule. I've never had one. Yeah, and people always steal your mule mugs as a side oh. from a bar. Yeah, they're really cool. They're really yeah, cool. They're cool glasses. We so. should post a picture of the cocktail as well. Yes. My go-to when I was, you know, a young goat, when you first start drinking, you, like, kind of have that one thing. Mine was uh-huh. always the sex on the beach. Wow. And then I, like, realized how disgusting that is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know if I remember how to make a sex on the beach. It doesn't. We don't ever It wasn't a thing that ever. gets ordered a lot in the modern bar times. I think it was just really fruity yeah. and sweet and got me drunk. <laughs> so that's what I went with, I and it, it was like I need a second for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now that that mule right there is the modern day that. I oh. Think. Except it's good. It's nice. You can it's make them very well. good. You can make them good. Very good. And I don't ever drink vodka. I just, don't like vodka. Just real quick with cocktails. Uh, I was a bartender for a gripper, so I think that you can do anything good with a few things if you do it well. You know what I mean? If you're using fresh, good quality stuff, it's almost always going to taste good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can throw three, th- three, four things together and you can right. make a good cocktail. Yeah, because when, know? like, as somebody who doesn't, I cannot stand the taste of, like, tequila or mm-hmm. vodka, like, mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff. Margaritas if are I can totally t- on my list, too. Well, that's, that's happen. a little different. Like, oh. if I can taste it, the, the hard liquor, yeah. if it's not bourbon, I'm not a fan. So when you can make a cocktail with something that I don't like, yeah, that's one of my missions. Basic thing, yeah, that's one of my missions is to like help you like see that you can drink and that anyone you know I can help you deep dive deeper <laughs> into your alcoholism. Yeah. I can make you like anything. <laughs> Not the most practical cocktail for drinking during a podcast, though. The uh, the one we did two, uh, two episodes ago, or le- two episodes ago. I don't know the one with the bourbon and the um. Bourbon and lemon. That was so good. Yeah. That's still my fave. Yeah, that was like a take on the bee's knees. I was so, going to do a bee's knees eventually. Yeah, it was so funny because I saw my sister. Hi, sister. Natalie. Hi, you listening. She saw me like a little bit after we you did that one and she was like, I need that recipe. Yes. That sounds so good. What is it? It was so funny. But. Well, I'll try to well, keep knocking them out of the pack, you know? No, yeah, I yeah. love. And I love having. And then a cocktail yes. to sip on while we talk about stuff. Yes. All right. So you, I think you go first. I go first. Let's get it. Tell me. Are a, you ready? I'm can't. So many people are probably going to die. No. Oh. With that being said, so my last two, if you've listened, which I, you obviously have, you were here, you were to, present for it. I listened it. to the episodes many times. We're pretty heavy. Mm. So I decided to kind of, not that this isn't heavy, but it's. Just definitely not like what it's not like the really heavy murder shit that I've been doing. Okay. I don't know. You know what I mean? Shucks. <laughs> so, as we know, hmm. dolls Here we go. can be very creepy. Very spooky. Right? Yes. We I think now if y'all listen to the episodes, there's the one about uh which was it uh, Robert. Robert. Mm-hmm. Robert the doll. Yeah. So some suggest that dolls were the first children's toy dating back to the Egyptians, which were also very creepy. Mm-hmm. And children since then, as we know, have spent endless hours playing with everything from Barbie to Cabbage Patch to oh. G.I. Joe to Star they're Wars. Action, they're not dolls. Star they're action Wars figures. Dolls. They're action figures, I literally bro. put after G.I. Joe's and Star Wars dolls, yes. Those are dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that they're action figures. And of course, with all of that, there are haunted dolls. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Harold was the first haunted doll sold on eBay. Mm-hmm. And then there's Robert the haunted doll okay. that we know of because I already covered that. But then there was Annabelle. 
Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure all of you guys listening, well, a lot of you are like, oh, Annabelle, the movie. The movies. Well, that, right. Yeah, it's a whole saga. Annabelle the doll, and that movie is based off of a very real, very haunted doll. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about that doll. I can't wait. Okay. Oh, We're going back to another haunted object. Let's do it. Specifically a haunted doll. Okay. Haunted doll. Haunted doll. So the real Annabelle the doll was a Raggedy Ann, mm. which I don't know if you knew, because in the movies they portray it as like a very creepy, like porcelain yeah. aged doll. Creepy but fucker. this doll was that's worse. A that's arguably worse. I actually think a Raggedy Ann doll is worse. Yeah, I think I would. I'm inclined. To oh, agree. is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's saying. like it's not supposed to be scary, and no. it's basic and normal and. Your everyday doll. How many? I mean, we had Raggedy Ann dolls in our house growing up. Yeah. I don't like them. They resemble too much of clowns. Not a fan. I don't think we ever did. We maybe had like a Raggedy Andy for a minute, but was I that think a very moved, American thing? Maybe you didn't. Yeah, I yeah, I had like a little like like a little like a uh, monkey thing for a long time. Oh well, yeah, I had a teddy bear that has nothing to do with Raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been haunted. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, initially you think of the the creepy porcelain Annabelle doll from the movies, yeah, and it's just completely not that at all. It doesn't even have stiff limbs, which makes all this so much more creepier. So, we, this story she's got fluffy starts, arms. That's creepy, I mean, it's yeah. a it's a it's a well you'll you'll see. Okay, yeah. there's details. So to come. this story starts in 1970 when a mother purchased um, an antique Raggedy Ann doll from a hobby store, which I've also heard that. Her the pattern of the doll and the way that, like the picture seeing it and stuff that it probably originated from 1970, so it maybe wasn't really like that antique. Right. I don't know. Maybe like a second. They got it from like a hobby store, yeah. but yeah, it was still a very pretty new doll. So antique. I don't really know if, if that fits. Okay. Because I kind of I watched a lot of videos and read different articles, and they're definitely conflicting things. But I try to go off of a specific website and a specific people that I will get into. Yeah. That I think have the most. Um, notoriety and the most um believable and um, mm-hmm. what is it? What, um convincing maybe um, believable reasonable true like oh true yes true <laughs> counts <laughs> yeah of, yeah so the doll was bought as a birthday present for her daughter as i said and mm-hmm. Uh, her daughter's name was donna donna was preparing to graduate from college with a nursing degree and she lived in a tiny apartment with her roommate, Angie. They both thought it was super cute, like, which I think is kind of funny. Like, you're in college and you're graduating nursing school and your mom gets you a get raggedy you a, and a raggedy all. End, I'd be yeah. like, mm. Thanks, where's my car? Right? Can I get a car? <laughs> like, meh. 70, even in the 70s, I'd be like. Yeah. Well, cars only cost a couple hundred bucks in the 70s, man. Like, give me a fucking blunt. Why don't you yeah. give me a raggedy and all? Well, I think it would also be weird if your mother gave you a blunt in the 70s. I'm just saying, but like, a doll? And we're talking about uh, tobacco uh, cigars. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Donna placed it, the doll on her bed, and, um, you know, as a decoration, like, cute, my mom gave me this little doll, I'm, it's super cute, blah, 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 and didn't give it a second thought. Obviously, why would you? Sure. It's a fucking doll. But within days after being gifted this doll, her, both Donna and Angie noticed that there were, um, that there appeared to be something, like, really off and weird and creepy about this doll. Okay. I'm excited for the examples. I'm like, exhibit A, it's just creepy. Yeah. I don't find Raggedy Ann dolls cute. I think they're creepy. They're weird, yeah. And then the other one, the, what was it? Oh, and it, Raggedy Ann and Andy. Ra- yeah. It's an, it M- Eminem says it in every single song. Oh, I don't like that. So the doll mysteriously seemed to move around the house. Oh, Relatively cheesy. small movements at first, such as a change in what? <laughs> I'm just like visioning in my head like this little fucking raggedy right? and like scooting on its butt. <laughs> I'm going to just move three centimeters well, to the right this time. That's one of the really creepy things about it is it's not a stiff yeah, porcelain doll like yeah, in the movie. It's yeah. a floppy cloth fuck. It's a floppy cloth fuck. <laughs> I think... That's the. Annabelle, I think we found the name for this Annabelle, episode. Annabelle, please I'm sorry, don't. You floppy fuck. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> oh gosh! So uh, as time passed, the movement started to become way more noticeable. Donna Bitch and Bitch is walking around the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> you out of tampons? <laughs> Donna and Andy would come home to find the doll in a completely different room. Oh no! Sometimes the doll would be found with legs crossed. 
arms folded. You sassy bitch. Other times it would be found upright and standing on its feet, which is what I'm talking about. Because it's a floppy fuck. It's a floppy. What did I, I already forgot? A flock, flop. Flimsy floppy fuck? I don't know. It's still Buttery floppy. flaky crust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. You made me lose my spot. That was oh, funny. shit. Donna sometimes left the doll on the couch before leaving for work and would return home to find the doll back in her room on her bed with the door closed. This bitch. I almost feel like she was like taunt testing it at that point. Like, I'm going to put you on the couch. Yeah. Because like I don't often be like, I'm going to take this thing. I'm going to put it on the couch yeah. and see if it's not there when I get home. I would be, because if it was to that point, I would be very paranoid that it was moving. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, ugh. Jeez. Then... The doll not only moved, but could write. Could write. I mean, you can't you can't hate on a doll's education. That was a lame about, <laughs> about a month into the experiences, Donna and Angie began to find messages on parchment paper that read "Help us" and "Help Lou," L O U. Fuck me. And the handwriting was as if written by a small child. I'm out. Throw it in the incinerator. Throw it in the fucking fireplace. I'm sorry. I want to help Lou and y'all, but like, you're a doll. <laughs> but the creepiest part about the message is it wasn't the handwriting. It was that Donna and Angie never kept that parchment paper in their house that the notes were written on. <sighs> so I don't even fucking know Annabelle got a backpack. where that paper was coming from. Oh, she got an invisible space backpack. So one night, Donna came home to find the doll had moved again. This time, it was on her bed. And Donna had come to find that this was typical of the doll, but somehow she knew that this time there was something different. Mm. It really wasn't right, and it really scared her this Mm -hmm. particular time, okay? When she went over to look at the doll, she saw that there was what appeared to be blood on the back of the doll's hands oh shit it was obviously like a red substance it was something very red and whatever and they could only assume that it was like blood and looked like blood and they were nurses so they would probably know they know what blood looks like they know what blood looks like and this just liquidy red substance just appeared out of nowhere on the doll obviously her and andrew were very scared and desperate and they decided to seek out some advice sure you know what do we what do we do here what's going on yeah so not knowing where to turn they contacted a medium and they had a seance. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, with the seance, Donna and Angie were introduced to the spirit of Annabelle Higgins. So this is where God. Annabelle's name comes around, okay? The medium told them the story of Annabelle, that she was a young girl that resided on the property before the apartments were built, and that there were, quote, happy times and when she was uh, was a young girl of only seven years old, her lifeless body was found in the field upon which the apartment complex now stands. Whoops. Which I also read that it was an automobile accident. So I'm wondering if, like, she was thrown from the car or maybe if that – or maybe if, like, you know, the – I don't know. Right. Somehow. Yeah. Okay. But it was either a car accident or somehow this little girl dies. Right? Right. The spirit told the medium that she felt really comfortable with Donna and Angie and that she really wanted to stay and be there in the stall and be with them because she felt very loved and comfortable. So obviously they were feeling very compassionate and like, oh my God, this is a little girl. And Donna, so after hearing the story, they were like, oh, it's a little girl, which I'm like, no, it's a ghost be. A doll? No, I don't like any yeah. of it. Yeah. But they're nurses. I guess they're uh, whatever. Open-minded. Sure. Know. So Donna gave Annabelle permission to inhabit the doll and stay with him. Strike one, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah. So soon after that, however, they realized that Annabelle, this little girl mm-hmm. in the doll, was not as it appeared to be. Oh, man. Right. I was hoping it was just going to be the Happy Ghost Story sitcom. So remember the note where I said, help Lou? Uh-huh. Well, Lou was, I've, I have I watched an, a video where he was called the fiance of like the roommates. So I don't, but they, and a lot of the stuff I read, they just call him as a friend, but he was laying there. So I'm assuming he was probably 
um, Angie's fiance. Okay. Is what I'm assuming. But friend, whatever, he's there, right? Okay. He was friends with both of them and had been with them since the day of the doll's arrival. And he was never fond of the doll. And on several occasions, he warned Donna that it was evil and that she needed to get rid of it. So. So. Lou's around. He's staying. Which makes me think he's definitely like the fiance. He's in the picture. He's probably staying the night all the time. because You know what they're doing. You know. You know what they're doing. He's getting, you know, knocking. He's getting it in. Knocking. They're snuggling. They're snuggling newts. 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 (laughs) They're making bacon. So Lou awoke one night from a very deep sleep in a panic saying that he had a recurring bad dream and but this time something was very different it was as though he was awake but couldn't move so he was like sleep awoke, paralysis but paralyzed oh, fuck. and i think that maybe he might have been on the couch for this experience hmm. he looked around the room but couldn't... sounds like the haunting on hill house i know Ew. what happens here he looked around the room and couldn't discern anything out of the ordinary but then it happened looking down at his feet he saw annabelle get the fuck out it began to slowly glide up his leg <laughs> nope moved over his chest and then stopped within seconds the doll was strangling him the doll was strangling him with her little floppy fucking hands well, apparently they're strong enough to you know she got well. She got flight capabilities, so she's obviously. So at this point, he's paralyzed. He can't move, and he's, he's getting gasping choked. for breath. And at the point of asphyxiation, he blacks out. He then awoke the next morning, certain that it was not a fucking dream. No, he was like, that, "That was not that a dream." That shit was real. And he actually had marks around his neck. Get the fuck out. So, at this point, he's like, "We gotta get rid of this fucking doll." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they didn't. He's like, the fuck, y'all? And they were like, yeah, you know, we did the seance thing. It's a little girl. It's fine. Right. Maybe she doesn't like you. It's fine. No, no, but I don't know. So they didn't do anything. So next, the girls were, and, and Lou were preparing for a road trip. And Lou and Angie were reading over maps alone in the in her apartment. So I'm see, I'm so yeah. saying Lou and Angie yeah. are fucking, fucking. Oh. Fucking, fucking. Fucking, <laughs> fucking. Fucking, fucking. So the apartment seemed really quiet. Suddenly, rustling sounds coming from Donna's room freaked them out, and they were like, fuck, did somebody fucking break in? Fuck. What's going on? The fuck? Well, fucking. Who fucking broke in? Well, fucking. <laughs> Sorry. So, We Lou, said fuck a lot in the last minute we and a half. We did. We did. Fuck. Somebody count until something's So, Lou being the, you know, strong man, swaying that Swinging that dick. Swinging that dick. He goes over and... Quietly, you know, approaches the bedroom like, I'm going to get this motherfucker. Uh-huh. And before entering and turning on the light, he made sure he waited for, like, the noises to stop. Uh-huh. So he opens the door and the room's empty except for Annabelle. Weird. Who's tossed on the floor in the corner. Like a rag doll? Was she tossed okay. like a rag doll? Hey, motherfucker. So he looked around the room to see if there was, like, any forced entry, but nothing was out of place. And as he got close to the doll, he got the distinct impression that somebody was behind him. Spinning around, he was quick to realize that nobody was there. And then in a flash, he found himself grabbing his chest, doubled over, and he was cut and bleeding. What? Mm-hmm. His shirt was like... So wait, he got a little ghost vibe and then caught a... No, no. A, so like they thought maybe somebody broke in. He goes to the room. He walks in and he's there's like... There's nobody there. Annabelle's in, in ragdoll form. So he starts form. to, I guess, go in and... and Feels like there's somebody behind him. So he turns around. He turns around, and then he's. So he never turns back around. Like he's. Um, he's facing away from the room right now. Is my question like, did he turn around and yeah. turn back, or is he? Yeah, I think he turns around away from the Annabelle, room. and and he feels this overwhelming, horrible cut sensation, on him, and he's and he's bleeding, and his Jesus. shirt is covered in blood, and he's bleeding. Okay. And he opens up his shirt, and on his chest there was what looked to be seven distinct claw marks, three vertically and four horizontally. And they were all burning really hot. Like, you know, evil fucking shit. Ew. The weird thing is that the scratches apparently healed almost immediately, half gone the next day, and fully gone by two days. So he could have been bullshitting, though. No, his Angie saw them and saw the blood in the shirt and all this. <clears throat> oh, she saw this? She was with him? She was there. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in the bedroom. But they vanished so quick, though. 
So y'all didn't have time to snap a picture is all I'm saying. This was in the 70s. Y'all got Polaroids, boy. Okay, stop shitting on my story. <laughs> Welcome to everything I've done. Okay, moving on. At this point, Donna is finally, like, willing to believe that maybe the spirit in the house is not that of a young girl, but something demonic. Annabelle Higgins, a damn lie. Mm-hmm. So after Lou's experiences, Donna felt it was time to seek a real expert advice and contacted in, I can never say that. How do you say that? Episcopal. Episcopal? Yeah. And contacted. Contacted. And, and contact. <laughs> Words are hard. Oh. Watch them teeth, girl. Damn, you need those. Andrea just smacked the shit out of her teeth. She's having a hard day right now. God damn it. You better keep all that in. So she, Donna, uh, reached out and contacted an Episcopal priest named Father Hagen. Hagen? Father Hagen. It's H-E-G-A-N. Hagen? Hagen. And Father Hagen felt it was a spiritual matter and felt he needed to contact a higher authority in the church. So he contacted Father Cook, who was like, nah, fuck all this. And he contacted the Warrens. Ooh. Do you know anything about the Warrens? I don't. This, so the church reached out to these folks. So she reached out to a priest who then was like, mm, this seems fucking creepy as fuck, and reached up to a higher guy, and he was like, mm, nah, this sounds demonic. In the church? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. they reached out to Ed and Lorraine Warren. They are a pair that describes themselves as paranormal investigators and demonologists. Okay. And they're very famous for working on and and sol- like, I don't know if you could call solving but dealing with like over like 10,000 different cases okay. of like hauntings and demonic possessions and this and that. Okay. They're very famous, very real. They are the ones who have who collect all of these items like dolls and shit. Like Annabelle, Annabelle. like yeah, very different things like the Dybbuk box. They don't have the Dybbuk box, but that would be right. something that they would have collected sure. when they go to a or place. Or Robert, and if they, he wasn't in that museum, right? Or whatever, if they yeah. go to a place and they do whatever, they their whole entire like basement was filled with all of these things that they. That's that's, took. that's like the beginning of a Ghostbusters movie. That's going to be the new Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's The Conjuring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so um. Ed and Lorraine Warren immediately took interest in the case and contacted Donna concerning the doll. So, you know, she reaches out, they move up the chain, and then she ends up getting contacted by Ed and Lorraine, who okay. I think at this point were very famous. Their famous case was Amityville. Like, they were coming off of that. Okay. So I think that's why they really, they had grown. They had, so they, they did, they, they covered the Amityville yeah, horror. They did so many. I would love to know more cases. about the Amityville Well, I horror. plan on covering it. I actually almost thought about doing it this episode yeah. and I didn't. Because I was like, it's actually not light. It's very heavy. It's super heavy. Like, husband killed all his kids and shit. Right? Bunch, yeah. So I was like, yeah, maybe I don't do that. I that's that. what I've done I, the last four episodes. <laughs> I did that last episode. <laughs> Fucking John List, you motherfucker. Motherfucker. Okay. So, the Warrens, after speaking with Donna, as I said, and Angie, and Lou came to the immediate conclusion that the doll was not, in fact, possessed, but manipulated by an inhuman presence. So it's a ghost and an inhuman presence? More of, like, a demon. So Annabelle is in a doll being possessed by a demon? No. They're no. just a demon? Yeah, just wait. Uh, yeah, I will think I think I understand. Get more into it in a okay. minute. So spirits don't possess inanimate objects, like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object. So it can attach itself. And this is what happened with Annabelle. It wasn't the spirit of a little girl. A little girl would not... Couldn't. ...be inside of a doll. It could That's be, not be how inside it of a works. person. But an inhuman spirit, inhuman spirit attaches itself mm. to something like the Dybbuk box, Robert the Doll, Annabelle. Right? Demons. Who is actually... Yeah. So there's no Annabelle Higgins. No. Just the well, the demon is Annabelle Higgins. So this spirit yeah. manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. So the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll; it was looking to possess a human. So that's just like step phase one. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Oh shit. So in this case, an inhuman, demonic spirit was essentially. In the infestation stage of the phenomenon. 
It first began by moving the doll around the apartment by means of teleportation to arouse the occupants, so to get the attention of Donna and Angie. And this motherfucking get, doll was get, teleporting? Get their curiosity moving it around yeah, as a fucking yeah. demonic spirit in, ho- spirit? Spirit. Spirit in hopes that they would give it attention. So then by getting the attention from moving it around, they made the mistake, which most people would do. To well, like give it to, permission. Well, no, to bring in a medium. So then, so it was like, this demonic spirit was using its fucking powers to move around this doll, right? Sure. And they're like, okay, it's a doll. This is really creepy. I got a medium friend. Let's bring them in. And yeah. the, the demon's like, chin, 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 that's what I wanted. It's all going according to plan. So they bring in the medium to communicate with it. And the spirit now communicates through the medium by preying on the girl's emotional vulnerabilities so by wait. pretending to be a harmless young little girl. So the demon possessing the medium? No. No, 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 no. To, no, to, no. To, you just, to convey that? Well, or the, just like manipulates the medium, the, the medium, medium to the medium, think that? No, the medium was like listening to the demon. Okay. And the demon's saying, I'm a little girl. I'm just a little kid. Not, I'm a fucking demon. It's going, okay, cool, I got this medium in here who's now going to okay, say the okay, shit yeah, that yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. say so that I can get permission to stay here. Okay. And the medium's like, Oh, it's just a little, just a little helpless little girl who's dying here. Her and, stuff. and you know how like demons have many faces, you know, they will, yeah. they can portray themselves as a little girl or whatever. Sure. So in this case, that's exactly what this demon did to pull on the heartstrings of these nurses to then get permission to stay in this doll. Okay. I'm with it. Well, not to stay in the doll, but to, to be to stick around. welcomed into the home. Yeah. So where now it can do Motion. mow damage. Way more damage. That's with the M-O. You know? Mo damage. You know? So all of that, all of this stuff leading up to now has been, this demon was Planning very calculated. To, yeah. And at this point where they were when Ed and Lorraine came, the next stage of the, infest, the infestation phenomenon, which is this demon, you know, starting to make it, they got in, it's whatever, it, it's moving, it's the next stage of like, it's, about to, it's about to level up. It's about to, um, yeah, it would it. have been complete human possession. And they said that had these experiences lasted another two or three weeks, the spirit would have completely possessed, if not harmed or killed, one or all of the occupants in the house. Damn. So it was like that deep into it. So at the conclusion of the investigation, the Warrens felt it appropriate to have an um, exorcism blessing by father cook to cleanse the apartment the episcopal blessing of the house is a wordy seven-page document that is distinctive that is distinctly positive in nature rather than specifically expelling evil entities from the dwelling the emphasis is instead directed toward filling the home with the power of the positive and of god that was something that came from um, ed warren okay at donna's request and as a further precaution against the phenomena ever occurring in the home again, the Warrens took the Raggedy Ann doll with them when they left. She was just like, yo, great, you might have expelled it. You might have gotten rid of it. You blessed the house. I don't give a fuck. I don't need that doll. You can go on and take go that ahead doll. Get, go in ahead. case it's still in there. As a side, thanks, Mom. You get the fuck up out of there. Thanks, right? Mom. So Father Cook, although uncomfortable with his role as an exorcist, agreed to perform the seven-page rite of exorcism a doctrine he recited throughout the apartment, at which point the Warrens were confident the entity would no longer be there. And they agreed to take the doll back home with them. So upon leaving the apartment, Ed puts the doll in, which I guess at this point it is Annabelle, but it, you know, that's just what the demon called itself, I guess. Sure, yeah. At this point, he puts Annabelle in a garbage bag and they put it in the back seat of the car and him and uh, Lorraine agreed that they would not take the interstates on the way home because the inhuman spirit still probably resided in the it doll. Could fuck up. And so they were absolutely correct. And so as they're driving home at each, every time that they went around like a curve, the car swerved and stalled. And every time they went around like a corner, the pair of steering would go out and the brakes would fail. Jesus. After, Get out and walk repeatedly at having to like verge out of you know merge and verge out of the lane to avoid collision and then not fucking dying he reached into the back of the seat and into his 
you know, black bag, demon allergy bag, and took out a vial of holy water and doused Annabelle with the holy water, making the sign of the cross he over it. He waterboarded Annabelle. Uh oh. Yeah. Making this. And I don't know why I said uh. <laughs> <laughs> making the sign of the cross over it, and that was enough to stop the disturbances enough for them to get home. After they got the Warrens got home, Ed set the doll in a chair next to the desk, and the doll levitated a number of times in the beginning. Then it seemed to kind of chill, whatever. But then during the ensuing weeks, it began showing up in various rooms of the house, just like it was the other house, you know. And when the Warrens were away and had the doll uh, locked up in the outer office building, they would often return to find it sitting comfortably upstairs in Ed's easy chair. Which is pretty gross. So the Warrens ended up building a special case for Annabelle inside the Oculate Museum, which was technically, I guess, like, their basement of all this fucking haunted fucked up shit and since the case was built annabelle no longer appeared to move but she is thought to be responsible for the death of a young man so this guy he came to the museum because i guess they, it was a museum I'm one point like the i don't know i think it might still be i don't know but so this guy he came to the museum on his motorcycle with his girlfriend and the young man after hearing ed's account of the doll defiantly went up and began to bang on the case, insisting that if the doll can put scratches on people, then he wanted to be also scratched. And he was like, you know, going, oh, you can know your doll. You can scratch me. Scratch me. And Ed said to the young man, like, you need to leave. Get out. This is not okay. And they escorted him out of the building. Well, on the way home, the young man and his girlfriend were laughing and making fun of the doll when he lost control of the motorcycle and went head on into a tree. And he was killed instantly. Damn. The girlfriend survived but was uh, in the hospital for over a year. Shit. When asked about what happened, she explained that they were laughing about the doll when they lost control of the motorcycle. And yeah, so yeah, she was just like, oh, we were laughing we were about the doll shit. and we lost control. So and she's like clearly even magic. being a part of the accident. is like, that's what fucking happened. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I was going to ask that actually. How do you know they were laughing? Yeah. She survived. Right. Oh, so in this documentary I was watching... I can't remember the exact quote, but their daughter, Ed and Lorraine's daughter, she got married and he ended up working very closely with them and doing lectures and stuff. And he said that there were multiple, multiple times, he said probably a dozen times at the end of the lectures that they would do that Ed would be like, they need to make a movie about that crazy, like he he, he said something specific and I can't remember what it was that he said, but he 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 was like, they need to make a movie about this. Yeah, doll. It's that's so, wild. This whole experience is so fucked up and so crazy. Like, somebody needs to make a movie out of it. And then, like a year after he died, Lorraine got a call that they wanted to take the story and and make you know the movies about her, which as you know is like Annabelle and The Conjuring and stuff. And she thought it was really well made. She thought it was really great and. Yeah, I mean, she's very supportive, that's, which I think is well, cool, yeah, that's awesome. you know. But she also, like, she won't talk about a lot of her experiences, like, especially with that stuff in The Conjuring and so all that. so many, too. If they've done 10,000 cases or something, I bet. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, a lot of people call bullshit on them. Sure. Think that they're whatever. Sure. Like, that shit's stupid. There's every there's that side to every coin. But, and she even Ed was saying at one point when I was watching this documentary that, like, I think it was even hard for her to open up to Ed because he wasn't. Like, she could see the ghost. She saw the spirits. She saw that kind of stuff. She was the, like, oh, clairvoyant or whatever. Know, I know that, yeah. And I think even in the beginning, he was kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up working together. And something that son-in-law said was, like, people were giving him shit. Like, you're just trying to make money off of this stuff. And he was like, damn right. Because the more I get this, the devil acknowledged, like, the less he can do, the least he can do. Like, yeah. if I get acknowledged and the I The more money I can shit, make off of Satan, hey. No, but he was like, you know. Sure, I'm making yeah. money off of it. Yeah. That means fucking more and more people are listening and hearing us and sure. listening to what we have to say and knowing that this shit is not fake. Yeah, you know. Wow. And so, just to close it off, close um, it. Annabelle is currently in a case in the Warrens Oculate Museum in Connecticut, and it's the last thing I want to say is it's got this crazy sign on it that says "Warning: Positively, do not open." <laughs> Warning: Positively, and that's do the not. doll right there, just like. A normal fucking... Looking cute, kind of doing a little cute little stance there. 
Just doing a cute little sit. Say That's that, my friend. Is the story of Annabelle the doll. Wow, that was good. Sorry if that was a little long-winded. Huh. But oh, it's, fine. it's crazy that it's like. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Hell yeah. Creepy. Super creepy. Ooh. No dolls. Only action figures. I'm sure there's a story of a haunted Han Solo or something. Damn, he shot first. <laughs> I'm ready for y'all's. Yeah, so right. So. Moscow Mule is coming into play somehow here. I got this nothing. This story takes place in Soviet Union, Russia. Okay. When it went, Well, so it's not Russia. It was when it was the Soviet Union. <laughs> Before it was Russia again. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about a mystery, an unsolved story here. Now, before we get into this, I don't speak Russian. So with that, I'm a I'm a biff a lot of words. Mm-hmm. So anybody out there listening, holler at me so who's I can learn Russian how to, or who's speaks Russian. Russian. Okay, like our fucking friend who's about Young, to come over. I actually talked to Dimitri about this. Oh. He asked his mom if she knew about this. Hey, Dimitri. Demurter. Demurter. Hey, Dimitri. You don't listen, but Bitch. you're about to come over and use our Showtime and watch Shameless. Yeah, it's fine. So <laughs> this story has been. It's become known as the Diet Love Pass Incident. <gasps> I know a little bit about this. Do you? Mm-hmm. The Diet Dietlof. Dietlof. Dietlof Pass. Yeah. Uh huh. So in January of 1959, nine Soviet college students and their guide were killed under mysterious circumstances while hiking through the Ural Mountains in what later became known as the Diet Love Pass. Okay, I'm like, I know a little bit about this. I'm really yeah. excited for you to go So there were this. originally 10 of them that set out, and then one, before shit got heavy, one actually left and came home due to heart problems. So there's nine of them all day. So they get started on January 31st, and our guy Igor Dietlov and his team of eight experienced uh, ski hikers. So everybody in this game, this is not, this is not, new to them they're not unknown to this right so mm-hmm. they're going to this right. certain area that's actually like only for the pros it's like right. condition three or something it's like very very hard going mm-hmm. it's kind of like climbing like mount everest or some Sur- shit like you don't yeah. do it unless Except you this spoke- mountain actually called dead mountain uh-huh. is that what Dietlov? no Dietlov, oh, no that's the that's guy the dude's name. yeah that's the guy's name so all these guys were from uh, the Polytechnical Institute. So they were going to the peak of Otorten, a mountain in northern Urals. So they left on January 31st, and they were never seen alive again. Fuck. The fuck, though. So... Ugh, hiking... Okay, there's, it's one thing to, like, hike. It's one thing... Sorry about that. Turn their phone Fucking, off. Speaking of Mitra, you just text me. It's one thing to hike. It's one thing to mountain climb. But, like, to be... To be like, I'm going to go do this in yeah. the fucking snow. I don't like walking from my car into Kroger in the snow. Much less do I want to fucking do some impossible hike. Yeah. Ugh, and well, sleep and you know, shit. Different strokes for Russian folks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. They like the cold. Yeah. So what was recovered from like the cameras and diaries is that on February the 1st, they began hiking through the then unnamed pass that they inevitably came to die on. Okay. So they push through the hostile environment towards the base of the mountain that they're trying to climb. They and were this hit- is for leisure. This is for like, they're in- well, yeah. like, yeah, they're, I guess to prove They're enthusiasts. Right? Yeah, 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 they're yeah, enthusiasts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, like, why the fuck would you climb Everest? You know what I'm saying? It's just, right. like, just like that. Right. So they're going through, and it was like a mountaineering is a big deal in certain regions, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So they get hit with with shitty-ass weather, they can't see anything, and so they actually get lost. And instead of moving in there where they were actually wanting to head, they were going west, and they found themselves at the slope of a mountain. So they they might be under the impression that they think they're at the base of the mountain they want to climb, but they're at another mountain. This mountain is known as Kolat Cycle. So what they were doing is they were going to a mountain that they were going to eventually climb up and over. Sure. And then they were they going to climb to the top. They went to. The they weren't going to necessarily go over the other side, but they were going to. Okay, climb but the so they 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 went in the wrong direction because of bad weather and, and didn't get to that mountain at all. Instead, it got to a different mountain that they thought was the mountain they were going to. Correct. Climb. The fuck. Okay. okay, so that mountain is uh, called Colet. We got to do something with that. I can't. Our dog is playing with a toy. Golly, man. Sorry. So it's. I'm probably saying this wrong, but. Kolat cycle, which is actually um, the language of the indigenous Manzi people who live in that region. 
So there's an indigenous culture that's living in these mountains as well. Whoa. So that's one of the things to keep in mind. Oof. Okay. So to avoid losing the altitude they had gained through their travels, or perhaps because the team wanted to practice camping on a mountain slope, they camped where they were. So they, they made camp at the base of Death Mount, Dead Mountain. Which they thought was a different mountain. No, I think they were under the... I think actually they were aware that they, oh, okay. they were in the wrong place. So it was on this mountainside that all nine hikers would inevitably meet their demise. They would, they would succumb to the, to the mountain. Bluff. So before they embarked, Dietlov or Dietlov or Dietlov... However, holler me, Oksana. We'll figure this Dietlof. out. That's Dmitri's mom. I think it's Dietlov. Dietlov, yeah. Dmitri always says that the way you think you're supposed to say Russian words is actually the exact opposite of how you think. Of, so I'm going to be doing a lot of that through this episode. <laughs> um, when he gets here, we'll just have him go, God, Dietlov. And we'll just, we'll like, just insert we'll, yeah, Dmitri's insert voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, Dietlov had kind of corresponded with some of his associates and said that they would be, when they got back, he would send Telegram. And that was supposed to be, I think, like on the 14th, their their journey was supposed to come to an end. So by February 20th, nobody's heard from them. Right. Okay. The Valentine's the, Day was when they were supposed to. Yeah. They were which supposed just to happened. Back to their sweetheart. Yeah. I thought that was actually also interesting, too, that we were, I was telling the story right around when it actually yeah, happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 60 years ago. It's 1959. Right. So 60 years ago. I knew ago. it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so a search party was mounted, mostly uh, comprised of students and teachers from the institute that they come from. They found, so they, they, they track the course and they find the campsite. So but, after, when it, wait, so he was supposed to be like, yo, we, we got to we our bet. location on the 14th. Yeah. Nobody heard from him and they thought maybe. Yeah. Well, what? families and, and, and then they kind of urged people to right. so mount then a by search the party. So by the 20th, they were like, we, yo, we still haven't heard we, from him. They, we need to go look for them. They embark on the 20th. The search party. Yeah, but that's like, yeah. I would think like if you didn't hear from them on the 14th, yeah. you start looking for them then. Yeah. Because 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, that's six yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. So they found the campsite, but they did not find the hikers. Oh, no. So the campsite was some weird shit. The tent had been ripped open from the inside of the tent. Mm-hmm. There were tracks leading, there are eight or nine sets of tracks leading away for about 500 meters before they got lost. And some of them are in no shoes. Most of them have no shoes on, just socks. Wait, did they find bodies? Not yet. But from based on the tracks, they can tell like one person oh, has a boot, like but, one, right. one oh. boot on, no other boot. Right. Most of them are barefoot. And they're, all of their belongings, their clothing, all of this stuff still inside the tent. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, so... The, the tracks lead away for a good little gripper, and so they obviously... They Multiple fall, sets of tracks? Like eight or nine of them is, is what uh, what I've heard. Somewhere between seven and nine is what I read when I was Sets of tracks? Sets of tracks leading away from the tent. And there were nine of them? There were nine of them. Okay. Yeah. So it took them a little while. Uh, it was a couple of days, but they, they started finding bodies. Uh-huh. So at the forest's edge under a cedar tree, the first two bodies were found. Mm-hmm. The body of Yuri Grivanishenko and Yuri Doroshenko. Mm-hmm. They're y- both named Yuri? There's three Yuris on this journey. Yuri. Yuri I think, or Yuri Yadi, was the guy that had health problems and went home. He was one of the guys that, so oh. there were three Yuri. I guess Yuri's and are pretty went, common. Just from the little bit that I know about that story, he did depart with them. He did he go, He started like, the expedition with them. And then, he and was then, like, I and can't then keep, before yeah. they, like, decided to camp and go back, he, he turned he, back he, and he went back, right? Yeah. yeah. So Ugh, they were bastard. found in their underwear oh, no. near like a burned out campfire. Oh no. So they're right underneath this tree and kind of interestingly, the tree had like scuffs and stuff as though they had cl- one of them had climbed it or they had both climbed it, the branches and stuff. And they actually ended up fi- looking at their hands and seeing oh, that there were, no. stu- you know, chunks of wood and stuff in their hand from Oof. where they had bark and stuff. No, no, no. So, that, what the, kind of, are there... so you're thinking that they had, they had something had caused them to retreat. Or run, uh-huh. yeah. and, they, and then they're, I think they're trying to get reestablished, find their way back to their camp. They climb a tree yeah. to see where they were. Delirious, maybe. Delirious. Or, or... So that's that's these that's these dudes there. So underwear that is shirt and a pants, but it's like they're undergarments. So also, and no shoes. Right. It's just so fucking doesn't make no sense. Shoes, but also, I have a yeah. question. In that part of the where they were, mm-hmm. what kind of like wildlife would there have been? Something that they maybe would have had to climb up a tree to get away from. Who knows? Like we'll a, get into that. We can, there, oh. there, are, there is something like a hundred theories oh, that people God. have. Oh, God. Okay. So then uh, in the surrounding couple hundred meters from where they were, 
those two dudes. I don't. Know. Do you know the kind of the conversion of meters? I don't know how far that is. I don't know. It's, it's overseas. Yeah, so meters. yeah. Everybody but us uses. Yeah. yeah. So, but so a good little in a good little kind of canvassed area around, they found three more bodies. So they found their the tour guide, Dietlov. Dietlov. Yeah. They found Zinadia. So there were a couple ladies on this trip as well. Zinadia Kolmogorova, who uh-huh. was twenty four, and Rustin Rustin Slobodin, who was twenty three. Oh and it God. looked as the way their bodies were oriented, it looked as though all of them were trying to head back towards camp. Oh. They were all fuck. kind of headed in that direction. Yeah. And they have certain they're not just in their PJs, like they have a little bit more clothing on, but not much. They don't have all of their gear on. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Whereas the other ones were just in their underwear? Yeah. And that's five of them at this point? That's five of them. Yeah. So we got four more. Four we're more. Un- uh, unaccounted for. And they weren't found. So they, they ruled those guys dead of hypothermia. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it wasn't for, it was two months later when they found the other four bodies. Two months. And this is where shit gets creepy, creepy. Not, as if it's not already. It's already pretty creepy. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that, I've, you know, Ru- the Russian government actually just opened up a, an investigation to look into this. I actually. think I saw that yeah. the that's other what, day. That's what led me to look into this. Because coming from this time, the Soviet Union, you know, communist, very, they didn't tell the, you know, after they found the last bodies, I want to say that's in like the beginning of May, like three weeks later, they had the case closed and, you know, no information was being released. Right. So the circumstances of the next couple bodies is like what lead there to be obvious conspiracy theories and weird stuff. Mm -hmm. So they were discovered buried under the snow. um, The the next three? Well, I'm going to get into it. Or four. The next three. Three. Three, yeah. Um, so they were discovered 75 meters deeper into the woods from the tree. So a, not far, but a little ways. Yeah. And their bodies told much different stories about what had happened. Three of the ski hikers had fatal injuries, inc- including my guy Nikolai Thibiu Brignolis, who was 23, who had God. significant skull damage in the moments leading up to his death. They're so young. They were all baby, baby babies. Lyudmilia Debonina, who was 20, and Semyon Zolotyrov Rayov, 38, had both had major chest fractures that could only have been caused by massive force like a car crash. Whoa. Not like it couldn't have potentially been like um, CPR. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, and another right? thing like correct yeah it wasn't like somebody was yeah and i also read in another thing that the first two dudes who were found Mm -hmm. they had what's called uh liver mortis which is one of the stages of of death and it indicates that their bodies were moved like it's like your skin the blood flow and based on the weather and stuff it can like like form like bob like you know like like well i already have theories like i already have so many like thoughts yeah same 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 so dubanina who was 20 and she was the one of the ones found later. She was missing her tongue, eyes, parts of her lips, as well as facial tissue and a fragment of her skull bone. Wait, what? Say that again. She was missing what? She was missing her tongue, her eyes, some of her lips, as well as facial tissue and part of her skull. Oh, like her actual eyeballs? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, They also found the body of Alexander... Kolevitov, Kolevitov, who was 24, but he did not have severe wounds. He was just dead. Was, so those three, was clothes those three, well, oh, we're going to get into the clothes because something yeah, interesting yeah. about the yeah, clothes yeah. too. Yeah. The second group of bodies suggested that they had died at much different time intervals and who appeared to have been making use of the clothes of the people who had died. Yeah, that was my thought. Them. That was my, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So for instance, Dubonina, uh her foot was wrapped in a piece of... Kravonchenko's wool pants. That was one of the guys they found first. Yeah. That was Yuri. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, those yeah. two guys that didn't, that were in their underwear is because if you found people further out um, and those they, guys they already survived. died, they took their, they took their clothes. Yeah. And that's probably why they had died and then that's why they showed yeah. signs of being moved. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think, too. And Dubonina's faux fur coat and hat suggested that Zolorotov had taken them from her because they found those on his body. Uh, just as she had taken from Kravchenko. So then, 
Um, Hopefully, he took it after she died, not beforehand. Yeah, so originally the Soviets uh, thought that it was probably a result of an ambush by the Manzi tribesmen. Oh. Um, and so an attack would, atta- would, would, would make sense, you know, that tent gets ripped up right um, but it was ri- but it was ripped from the inside out yeah, that's the tricky thing yeah the monzi people were largely peaceful and the evidence didn't really support any kind of human violent conflict while their bodies are fucked up there's no signs of like a struggle or anything like that well and if there's like if it's widespread yeah. or widely known that those people are dangerous then people wouldn't have been Correct. trying to hike yeah. that mountain yeah. right there's also an avalanche theory but there's no like yeah. signs of debris yeah, yeah. or fallen stuff or anything like that there's also a thought that there's like a way that the wind could have been blowing through this pass that could have caused that. And it's like a psychological thing to cause them like an extreme anxiety mm-hmm. that caused them to flee from the tent. Yeah. There's also ideas that when you have like really bad hypothermia, yes. you, you strip take your off, clothes off as opposed to wearing clothes. Yes. So that's another that. thought. But that doesn't really kind of satisfy those injuries. Yeah. On some of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but if you're, you know, into this severe state of hypothermia to the point where you're so cold, you're hot, and you're taking yeah. your clothes off, you might also go to the point where you're like, you can't, you, you, you like physically harm somebody. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Or you eat their eyeballs Who or knows? you yeah. cut their, you know what I yeah. mean? Because like you need food. Yeah. But I'm also like, they weren't that far into it. Didn't they have supplies and technology and like stuff? They Weren't they prepared? Yeah, but they, they abandoned their camp and they never seemingly found their way back. Right. So we think that they got the whatever, whole reason something that caused all them of this to happened. fucking run out of that tent. Right. And they were in a hurry. Cut themselves. Cut out of the tent. Yeah, to escape. And they were mostly without their shoes and gear and stuff. That sounds like they were like yeah. in a crazy state of hypothermia. Yeah. There's also talk that there was like a predator, like a creature, you know, like a Yeti type creature, but it, it never had much momentum. The only mm. evidence would be the, the damage done to Dubonina's face. Most explain that by small scavengers or perhaps uh, decay resulting from her. She was kind of like under like a like snow water thing. She was like kind of in like a creek. They found her body. So there's like things that that could have led to. Well, and I would think well. if it was like a Yeti. Yeah. If you're going to go down that route, there would be like when... A Yeti doesn't just kill people to leave them. I yeah. would think a Yeti would be like ripping the skin and ripping you. You know, wouldn't yeah. just like choke you or pound your... T- I don't know. Yeah. There's uh, also reports that trace amounts of radiation was found on their clothing. On, on some, their on clothing? On some of their clothing. So this That's is during... That's surprising for the time that they were able to... Well, I mean, that was after World War II. We knew all, we knew all types of shit no, about radiation. No, but, but that they would, would like... test for it? Yeah, that they would like take... Well, there's like a whole thing that they were kind of close to a military testing site. Mm. And that that area being largely uninhabited, there could have been, you know, some sort of, you know, it could have been a testing site. They could have gotten hit or they could have, you know, potentially drank radioactive snow. Oh. You know, put it into their bodies. There's thoughts like that because there was thought that there might have been like a radioactive weapon because it's 1959. So it's like, you know. Cold War, mm-hmm. missile testings, all kind of stuff. They had their own Cold War. Uh, yes. That, but it's <laughs> terrible joke. Another really fucking weird thing about the bodies is they look like they had suntans. Well, that happens. Well, they, they likened it to the radiation. Um, but also, that... Sh- yeah, the frigid conditions... Um, Being in snow, you you can... That's the thing. Is like yeah. you, you can get burnt because the yeah. sun is reflecting off of but the But still, for like people to think like, well, they have suntans and they just came out of the mountains. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was like covering lo- large, like large parts of their body, as opposed to like what you would get from being in the sun while you're, you know. In but the- their bodies it's also being laid out, degrees, yeah. and the sun, you know, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's fucked. There's up. also been like a camping team who was they were apparently 50 kilometers away from where they were, and saw of there was talk of a strange orange orb, like orbs floating in the sky that night. So, like, so there was another camping team not far from them? 50 kilometers away. So that's pretty. That's a pretty good grip. That's I don't know. Good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know. But they, they had reported seeing uh, orbs floating around Death Mount, Dead Mountain that p- some people say might have been explosions. Some people say might have been, you know, of course, aliens or, you know, whatever. Okay, so 50 kilometers is 31 miles. So a good so gripper. So that's far. Good gripper. 
Sorry, I looked up because I don't do. Yeah, I don't know kilometers. Yeah, yeah. But there was another team or another group thirty or miles whatever. away. But that, still, yeah, they, and they saw glowing orbs. But still, it's just going showing that. Yeah. A group thirty-one miles away. Yeah. Didn't die. Didn't. Yeah. Had a successful whatever. Yeah. Well, they're thirty miles away. It's I mean night. I mean it's a lot. A lot can for sure. Yeah, you know. But I mean. Yeah. So. uh as I said, they closed the case very, very quickly afterwards, and the, and the, the communist Soviet Union, they were not about sharing information. So there's a lot of pieces that got lost when Russia, about this investigation, when Russia became Russia again. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, things missing, um, but they they did actually reopen the case in this just like very recently into it again i thought i saw that yeah and i was i was not familiar with that's pretty much the whole story it's just because like that's an unsolved mystery and right they died really fucking weird yeah you know and it's yeah it's so the theories that they they were all experienced exactly that they would have gotten they would gotten kooky enough to or something led them to abandon all hope i wonder if the there's a something destabilized the fuck there's a movie there's been a movie made about it there's books written about it my thought is, though, I wonder if anyone's ever thought of the guy who turned back, if he actually like didn't was a serial killer and went all the way with it and badass. actually murdered all of them. That'd be badass. And made it look all weird and like that's a great fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe he was in the tent with those other two. He murdered them, cut himself out. Yeah, and le- well, they were ke- they were all keeping diaries, and there were a lot of picture like pictures. One of them was taking a lot of photographs, right. and there's actually like one like, without the yeah, tenth dude. That's like the last picture on his camera. He had taken it with him. He was found. They found that on him. Like, so it's like a blurry. It looks blurry. Just to explain. Or, you didn't explain for listeners. No, for yeah. listeners, they yeah. don't know what we're it looking at. Explain. It's like a blurred, just light. Yeah, that's all it is. But I mean, just like as someone who's into true crime. What yeah. if that guy went back yeah. and like murdered them all yeah. and then was like, hey, luckily I, I turned back, yeah. you know, or yeah. that's so. I mean, crazy. I think of all the theories, that's a that's a cool one, you know, yeah. but I think that um, it's, it's just so bizarre. Were yeah. was it after it all? Was it just they were it was ruled accidental? They say like wild, like wild circumstances based on weather. It's but how much, do you explain you a girl it. missing yeah. her eyeballs and her tongue? Well, they say, you know, critters came through. Chomped on him. And ate one person? Yeah, right. Well, they said that she was kind of in like a bank area. And it, well, you know, you but know. then, well, what kind of animal comes and just eats eyeballs? Raccoons, you know, little little guys, foxes, eyeballs stuff like that. Eyeballs and a tongue? What, they can get their mouths around? Yeah, well, I mean. Ew. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure like it happens, that. yeah. I mice. Like mice will eat anything. Mice and. Rats. And they're not out there. There's, I'm they're sure not there's out a, in Russia. I'm sure there's a fucking badass you think, rat You think there's varietal. some raccoons and rats out in the fucking deep-ass there's, mountains? There's I don't st- think so. Okay. I think there were probably Maybe were critters out there. Maybe a snow leopard. There's, there are creatures that can handle those weathers, and those I don't are the know creatures about that are out there. If we have a Russian listener... Who's also a specialist which I in animals in the mountains. What critters do you have? In the Ural Mountains. In the... Those At, at Dead things, Mountain. Those mountains. It's just going to be all different rat varietals. Uh, I don't think so. I'm just kidding with They're you. in the sewers. Yeah, bitches. Well, anyway, yeah, that's what I got. That's my that's my thing. That's my dude. Yeah, that that's that was good. That's, yeah, it's a, I only I knew a little bit about it. Yeah. But it's just yeah. only like in passing, I think. It's so. wild that they all died, you know. It's so weird. Yeah. That's so And there's weird. a lot of talk like they died that night, but we don't know that they died that night. Like those dudes had a fire. You know, they probably lived for a few days, maybe. Who knows? But they, they, they never found their way back to their camp. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'd be curious to know if whoever was furthest from the chick who didn't have mm-hmm. her eyes and stuff, mm-hmm. I wonder if they did like an autopsy and tested the stomach. Uh, can, you know, stuff. If they did, of, they didn't find, if they did, they didn't report any. You know, that's some of the right. stuff that could have gotten lost. And they might not have. You but know it just I mean? would be crazy if they, if they yeah. didn't to think back and you go back and they like could figure out if the body that was further along yeah, from her cannibalism. had yeah ingested yeah. her stuff but like it just it doesn't seem there wasn't a long enough period of time right, for them to go that full exactly. like i think something other. fucked them up they got destabilized something. and then they all died savage deaths yeah in the in the fucking cold wild that's so crazy yeah. i'm so curious yeah everybody to, is no i'm curious to know about the it being reopened in the follow-up yeah, and yeah. i like you're definitely gonna have to do a follow-up if there if anything that. comes of it yeah, yeah if anything for comes sure about yeah hell yeah 
Wowzers. So that's that. That was good. Yeah, thank you, baby. Okay, guys. All right. Thanks for listening. Yes. Please, 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 please. Go Say leave please us. one more time for him. I don't... Please? <laughs> please? 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 Go leave us a review. Come on. On iTunes. Five stars. That's the best please. place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> leave us um, a little comment. We're, we, we had gotten a few new ones, but we just love to hear from you guys. Sure. And literally, we check all the time because sure. it means the world to us to have a review. Uh, visit our website, wedrinkandweknowthings.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We would love email suggestions. If you have an, if you have something you want us to talk about or you want Tom to talk about or you want me to talk about, please, please email us because that will yeah. not go unnoticed. It's Our email is... We drink and we know things podcast at gmail.com. So please email us or suggestions or, or corrections if we fucked something up. Which we do. We are all about fixing that shit. Um, or if we said something, we asked a question and you have the answer to it. Yeah. That would be cool too. Hit us up and thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Uh we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye.